0: Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how much or how little. We are your hosts, I am Sean Cows, and joined again, post-draft, by uh, my uh, the Myron Cope to my Bill Hillgrove, Mr. Sean Bowright. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, we're just going to jump right into it here, folks, as it was great to see everyone for the draft, it was great to kick off the season. Um uh, I think there was a plenty to talk about within draft strategies, how folks did, some of the more surprising picks, um, but we just want to kind of wrap it all up for you, let everybody know, and uh, get ready to start the season off right tomorrow, Thursday night football, uh, which is Chiefs versus Lions. Boatwrights, any thoughts on the draft?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give too much away about what we're going to be talking about later, um, but I will say that I thought it was a lot of fun meeting everybody. I think that was the first time I met everybody except for Sean. Um so it was it was fun. I think we had what like two people not there.
0: Well, Eddie's Eddie, Eddie lives in another yeah. state like a jerk. Um and then Kevin wasn't there, but yeah, I believe everyone else pretty much uh showed up in person.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Uh, or no, was a no
0: Kyron. Kyron oh. was not there either.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, it was still fun. So we yeah. missed three.
0: Yeah, cool. But it was uh it was a good time and big thank you to our host to Nate for hosting as he has done for the past few years now or however many years I guess. Two years that I've been going. Um, but yeah, big hopes uh, to him and to Ali for cooking. Awesome. It was all it was delicious and we very appreciate all of that. But um, I think but right we're we're just gonna kind of approach this this breakdown as objectively as we can. I mean we all have our our likes and our dislikes uh, for players, but I mean if an ADP makes sense an ADP makes sense based on what we know. But I mean I think that's kinda how we're gonna look at it, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I... As we said last week, and I know that we kind of ribbed me a little bit for ragging on JT and then taking him, but I do think that that kind of is a point in favor of this. Um, We are going to talk as objectively as we can. That might not play into the strategies that we bring in week to week, uh, the draft or trade strategies. So please don't walk away from the podcast thinking, Sean really hates JT, and then shocked whenever I take him in the sixth or seventh. I think I took him in the seventh.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start by revisiting the draft order again, just so we knew where everyone was picking from, as well as uh, new names, because as our dictator, I mean, our commissioner decided uh, we were going with a new league theme uh, this year, so instead we went with killers, fiction, fictional killers, uh, and horror movie trope, uh, trope characters, so Bo Wright, you were the first pick of the draft, and you have Babyface as your team mascot?
1: Yep. Uh, second pick was, oh, go ahead, Sean, oh,
0: yeah.
1: uh, was Sean C who is Norman Bates.
0: Um, Going the classic there.
1: Yeah. Third, third pick was JC, of Morgoth of, uh, Lord of the Rings fame. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Morgoth. Isn't he also that?
1: in Lord of the Rings?
0: No, I think he has mythology in other places, but, um, but no Morgoth. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. I should know that. Uh, but yes. So it's I appreciate one of the Valor,
1: that. Yeah google's your friend guys Um, (laughs) that's true third or excuse me fourth was the newbie i can't believe i get to say that uh Uh newbie uh max who is the hash slinging slasher from spongebob
0: Uh, infamous spongebob (laughs) yes (laughs) uh yeah welcome max the uh the newest of the brothers to uh uh of the uh family to come join us so uh, we will we'll welcome him into the league as well here, um, and uh, a good showing in his first draft, I'd say for sure. Yep.
1: Just just a quick note. Um, he he replaced Mike, which I'm sure we all are aware, of, but let's just get it documented. He did take yep. Mike's Mike spot. Um, so Michael is no longer in the draft or in the league, I guess. Yep.
0: Yep. follow that up with the fifth pick, which was Kevin, who has still yet to change his name. Uh, I am still making as executive decision as I can, that he's going to get stuck as the Gremlins if uh, he doesn't set his team name by, I don't know, like noon tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, by ki- let's
1: say by kickoff. That's the start right. of the season. I'm, well, yeah. yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Um, wow. So, Nate, if you want to <laughs> note it down here. <laughs> um, but sixth pick was Damon, uh, who is going with Negan as his team theme from uh, Walking Dead followed by Nate, which is Bay Harbor Butchers, a.k.a. Harken to the Dexter TV show. Uh, Bo-Rate, right, if you want to go. Yeah,
1: we have uh, Kyron, who's got Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad. Uh, Nick, who is taking a classic approach with Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, Scott from Pinhead. And I know, I can see him in my head. I forget what the movie is called. It's it? the pinhead is in um i can uh,
0: hellraiser hellraiser the, that's yeah, it hellraiser is the yeah very iconic look but yeah hellraiser is the movie series that uh the pinhead comes from
1: yeah
0: and then uh oh uh, yeah uh. we have a second
1: slash sling slasher which isn't right <laughs> no uh, no he, no it's a far
0: it's a it's a name we talked about all, yes. all all uh all draft with jake uh at the 11 spot he's going with cocaine bear <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which, if you haven't seen the movie, I do once again. I, I want to recommend very strongly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and myself. then Eddie, who had uh, Mister Bateman, who is mm-hmm. from. Um, oh, I know it. Uh, Come on, slasher. No, well... you're gonna say it, I'm gonna feel real dumb. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, give me, give it to me.
0: He was the Wall Street baker banker in American Psycho
1: okay so i so those of you who don't don't know know me i think sean probably knows this about me i am a chicken shit like i cannot watch horror movies at all so that is my one like i not a lot of things scare me but fucking horror movies like if there's a if i ever thought my house was haunted i'd probably burn it down because it's just easier than deal with a ghost so it's fine
0: it is fine absolutely absolutely uh, so no, no shame there, but right, but actually, uh why since someone made a, a mysterious edit to the uh, the podcast notes, why don't you go ahead and fire away with your your next uh, section here?
1: Yeah, so I, I think that this is a lot more mysterious than it's gonna be when I asked the question, Son. so I apologize. Uh, but my surprise question for you what what's your biggest draft regret? Oh, it's Cooper. Yeah uh, <laughs> I kind of figured just... when we were talking a little bit earlier. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just – I had heard the report that he would had regressed, but I don't think I maybe processed it because I would think I was so surprised at the turn that I still had guys at that value at the, at the bottom of two. Um, and maybe it clouded my judgment where I should have gone with someone with a better floor. But, you know, hey, we live, we learn. And, you know, if he comes back in three or four weeks, like seemingly is being reported uh, and I'm in an okay spot, my team gets a big boost and hopefully maybe some of the guys I drafted in the research I did, I get some, some upside with those guys, but we'll see. Yeah.
1: But, I, I, yeah. Well, I what about you then?
0: I'm going to turn the tables. What's yours?
1: Uh, that's really tough without, <laughs> you know, tooting my own horn. I really liked my draft. Um, yeah. I know I was a little nervous leaving the day, but I've been sitting here thinking about it a lot. I, I guess if I could have taken one thing back, I would have waited on Richardson um, not that I think that I overdrafted him because I, I do think that he goes sometime before I come back, but he wasn't a need. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. There's or, always
0: that thing of like where a guys ADP is far enough away from where you're at, but you also think you might get him, and you have to make that call. Yeah. Um, and you know, but the old adage that I probably beat into the ground is get your guys. But like, you know, if if that's the guy you want, you're worried he's not going to be there. Yeah. Ultimately, Probably maybe you could have got him in the next round, but hey, maybe you don't, and that changes. Right. But I mean, there's there's depth at quarterback, but I think he is the end of that kind of potential to be top ten elite kind of uh, yes, yeah kind of range. So I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing even if it is a reach to reach on him.
1: Yes, um, my I guess the the other half that my unrealing my unrealistic regret is not getting Gibbs, but there was no way I was getting Gibbs with the way the draft was shaking out. Um, so
0: those would be my two. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think you would have, that would have been third round. So you took Waddle in the third round. So yeah. replace Waddle with Gibbs and who else do you take with, I had you, know, CD whoever Lamb. you took. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, but all right. Uh, but let's actually jump into the draft then. Um, so I think we both just want to touch on our own philosophies. We kind of did a, a little bit of it there. Um, but I know for me, uh, when approaching the draft this year, I was trying to strike a balance, at, but and have a strong QB room. That's why QBs went early for me. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if that was, you know, your your same feeling there, but right. I'm sure you'll let us know. But uh, and then I wanted to try, try to get a floor guy at each position, and then get a guy with a lot of high variance with potential upside. Now I think the, again, the, the talent being pushed further into the second round, I thought kind of adjusted that where. Again, should I probably gone with the safer guy for the floor guy for as my uh, wide receiver one, probably. But that's kind of the approach that I had coming into the draft. So um, what was yours?
1: Yeah, so all leading up to draft day, I was planning on just having a value draft, right? I was planning mm-hmm. on looking for, I guess to back it up some, I expected not to have like C D Lamb and Waddle available to me at the turn, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so my thought was, okay, uh, if that happens, I probably can expect one of, like, Pollard, Henry, Chubb, um, and maybe a decent wide receiver in, like, Ridley, right? And so I was expecting to take guys like that at the turn. But then I had CD Lamb, who is probably the bottom of the elite guys. I know that, that usually that is where he's put in, like, rankings, right? Like high tier two low tier one um and then waddle who's kind of in that same same position and when I saw that happened, I realized that I could probably put together a decent wide receiver room so I pivoted to just like leaning into like zero RB um, <laughs> and I just focused my draft on on wide receivers that I thought had talent or upside um, last year I was a I like to think of myself last year as like a stat check, and I'm sorry, I should have looked back and and saw what it was, but I think it was like a hundred and between 128 and 140. But I consistently put that number up every week, and so when I played somebody, it was do you do you get higher than that number? If so, you will win, right? Um, I didn't want that this year. I wanted the potential to have a pop off week where I scored, you know, 200 points or whatever it is. And so I'm hoping the team that I put together will give me that. Um, Waddle is prone to having huge games where he drops 30. We had like two 30-point games last year, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Mahomes, I could see Richardson having that. Um, Connor is probably not going to get me that. Um, I mean, DJ Moore maybe. So that's my goal. We'll see if it works out.
0: Um, Sure. You know, if JT comes back, I'll be happy. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Uh, <laughs> and that made sure was changed. I think both of us have players that that could change the face of, you know, what our seasons look like based on when they come back from injury. But let's just uh, let's shift to kind of talking about each round. We're not going to break down every pick or look at anything like that. I think we'll just kind of discuss maybe, you know, one that really stood out to us that we liked or a set of them. And then maybe someone, a pick that surprised us. Um, and, you know, so. Um, but right. Why don't you, you kick it off with rounds one and with round one?
1: Yeah, sure. Just real quick, I want to caveat here. Surprising, when we say a surprise pick, we don't necessarily mean bad pick. We just mean a pick that we weren't expecting. Um, So, you know, like Sean said, we always expect somebody to to reach and get their guy. And so you had your reasons for making that pick. It's just one that myself and Sean probably weren't expecting in that round. and so Or
0: based on ADP or, or, you know, the myriad of reasons. Right. Um, So uh,
1: my first three or my favorite pick in the first round was the QBs. And the reason I like that, and I know that's kind of tooting my own horn a little bit, and I apologize. Um, I think I liked as a whole, how, how much the league valued QBs this year, because I do think that QBs are immensely important in a two QB league. And as somebody who didn't have, sorry, a good, like starting caliber QB, last year. I really didn't want to repeat that. Um, and so I actively tried to avoid that. And I think it was good to see the rest of the league follow that because I think it makes for better teams when your QB room is not weak, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, in that, I, I think independently you and I both came to the same kind of conclusion where, um, you know, uh we, did, we we wanted to at least have that set it and forget it type of mentality with that position in particular so mm-hmm. um i think that you know uh glad that that the league kind of the rest of us kind of got there and you know that the draft kind of went the way it did even to the level cuz like i said you and i were both surprised how how significantly quarterbacks went but that's probably about where they should be that's probably the correct value for a quarterback if we're being honest for what
1: it's worth in my like pre-draft research like mahomes allen Mm -hmm. and um were consensus like one two and then Mm -hmm. it got a little murky sometimes Hertz was in the mix um sometimes people like to pivot to uh you know jj at that point just depends on what you want out of your team
0: yeah absolutely so yeah what about surprising
1: uh tyreek hill um and not because i thought it was a bad pick i like hill i think that what surprised me is that he to me was always consensus after jamar chase and jj very Mm. rarely if ever did i see him like mocked or projected or even talked about in that same jj chase tier of of early picks you know that the The consensus that I read online was always like, well, I think with Jamar or Chase – or excuse me, Jamar or JJ, you take your your preference, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got guys like Tyreek Hill and CMC, et cetera. Um, But to see Hill get drafted over those two guys was surprising for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, there have been some – I don't want to say like – I don't know, rumblings is the right word. I have seen some folks throwing out some stats that that Tyreek could have. I mean, he finished wide receiver three last year. Like so, mm-hmm. there's there's he has the potential to be wide receiver one, especially if that two is fully healthy and they throw the ball like that offense wants to in a, in, in the McDaniel's offense. So, is the potential there? Is is that in his range of outcomes for sure? But I agree with you. Is that generally in the, the 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 group think the consensus is it's chase jj and then your next step guys so yeah that's that's I could for sure see how that ends up in that spot for you
1: yeah here, here's the thing I I actually don't hate Tyreek where he went obviously mm-hmm. right but, but the point I'm getting at is like if I didn't get JJ and I was looking to draft a wide receiver I would stuck be between Tyreek and
0: Jamar mm-hmm. um
1: and I don't know where I would have broke on it do you know what I mean
0: Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, jumping over to mine, uh, my favorite pick from that round was Scott going with Lamar at the uh, 111. Um, I was a bit of a defender last year in the chat of Lamar and his elite status. Uh, I know there's, you know, everyone has their opinions on that. With Todd Munkin coming into that offense, uh, the Ravens last year in their neutral pace rank, which, for those who don't know, it's basically. How many plays did you run when the game was within one score in either direction? You're winning by one or you're losing by one score. Uh, Last four seasons, they were 31st, uh, 32nd, 31st, 28th, and 32nd in the league. Todd Munkin, in his last three seasons where he was offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay, 4th, 4th, and 11th in the league. So they are going to run a lot more plays. Everyone expects that to be a far more high-octane offense. Um, and I think that, I mean, it benefits everyone there, but mo- and mostly it's going to benefit Lamar for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I also uh, just don't think you're upset about getting Lamar at a one right? Like that's, yeah. especially in a two QB league, that's a good pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you, you, you know, you, you probably expect him to come off the board with the three elite guys next. So the fact that some, you know, he made it there. Yeah. You're, you're I'm sure Scott was very happy with that pick. Right. Um surprising for me, uh, we're gonna go uh with Kevin um and his pick of C M C at one oh five. I think kind of are all the opposite side of the reasons that we said that it's a ton of elite wide receiver talent. Um and you know, it's a two quarterback league, so quarterbacks far more shoot at the draft board. Um but also I am really scared of CMC this year, just me personally. Um we've seen the numbers that you know with uh, Mitchell on the field, his opportunity numbers sank, his total yards sank, his to- touchdowns per game sank. Uh, not that like he's unplayable, but that he goes from a top one, two, three guy to, uh, in the five games where he did play with Mitchell last year, he was seventh in PPR and 12th in non-PPR, which the guy you're drafting in the first round, that's not great. Um, you know, it's not bad, but also the upsides there that if McCaffrey, you know, hoovers up enough touches that he come, he could return to high end level. So for me, just at one five with the other guys on the board, that one surprised me a little.
1: Yeah, I, I, I it's really tough because he's still CMC, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I also, I'd have to actually look who else was on the board at that time. I don't know that I hate the pick, but I also think that I agree that like the, I had real concerns about CMC and what will happen with mm-hmm. him? because I think that, and it, this is gonna get in my speculation some so I apologize. I think that he had a quasi bell cow role in Carolina. and because oh, he was sure. so talented, he was able to like score obscene points. Mm-hmm. 49ers aren't going to use him like that because they don't want him to get hurt. So you're gonna see him kind of... Come back to Earth with just having more. He's he's still probably one of the best backs in the league, right? Maybe probably the best receiving back in the back, league. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's mm-hmm. going to put up points. You're just not going to see. I think your explosive, consistent CMC forty thousand point games anymore.
0: You know? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean just just to to check the the guys who were drafted after him was Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, and Bijan Robinson, and then the yeah. Jamar pick. So. Yeah. Um oh, that's right. I'm sorry, the Jamar pick was one ten, not one eleven. But okay. yeah, so it you know, uh yeah, I again this is not like there's anything wrong with the pick just to meet surprising considering who else was on the board. Um but right, why don't we jump into rounds for now we're gonna for the rest of the starters we're gonna go, you know, by two rounds apiece. So for rounds two and three, um, what were your favorite and surprising picks from there?
1: Yeah, so I maybe this shouldn't be as surprising as I thought or like as as it is gonna sound but Derrick Henry went off the board at pick 31 um and when you look at the people that went around him Nick Chubb Josh Jacobs that's actually kind of probably where he like should have went it's just surprising to me how far backs have slipped down the like down the value board in fantasy Mm. um and it's probably one of those things that it's technically the right pick. Like you picked him in the right spot. It's just weird or it just seems good value to me to pick him that late. Does that make sense what I'm yeah. trying to say?
0: No, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it's surprising but in a good way because you, right. you didn't anticipate you're always used to those guys being at the top end I mean him, top end of the first or the you know, the the beginning of two and again, with it being two quarterback and shoving guys down, all like that. No, I I, I do absolutely see what you mean, and that like great that you got him there at that at that ADP. Yeah,
1: I like to put. it We could have walked out of the turn, Sean, with Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, or like Pollard and Jacobs, or you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. two of the best backs in the game. But for we sure. collectively, we all were like, no, that's not what we want. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Um.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So. I agree. And then, um, for, so for your other, for your actual surprising pick, which one? Yes.
1: Yes. My actual surprising pick is uh, going to be, oh God, Deshaun Watson. Um, Can
0: I read what you have written in the show notes?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: He Garbo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which. Uh, not all beliefs held by Sean Boatwright are, are the beliefs of the Best Player Wins podcast. Again, I'm not arguing with you. I just <laughs> – <laughs> that, that's a strong stance, sir. <laughs> uh,
1: yes. I. Uh, so, Sean – like, not to give you guys a peek behind the curtain, but Sean has this nice detailed analysis on why his and my surprising pick for Deshaun Watson analysis, he garbo. And so <laughs> – Um. <laughs> Which is me kind of leaving a note for myself that I just don't think he's that great. I don't think he's a bad pick. He went in, what, the fourth, I believe? I'd have to double-check. I'll tell you. What are we talking Yeah, we're talking about 2-3. So he had to go in the third. 2-3. He went pick...
0: No, no, because of the QB run, I believe. He went 2-8.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I... I hate to rag on picks. I don't think that I would have taken him there. I just don't Mm. think that he is that good. Mm. I don't think that I like him over, like, T-Law, who went immediately after him. Um, And I don't trust the Browns to not fuck everything up because they're the Browns.
0: Sure. Again, I also think that you can probably get him in the third. Like, I think he's outside of Tier 2, probably in Tier 3. Again, does he have upside to be a top five quarterback? If we see the Deshaun of old, of course. I just think there's too many, too many warning signs around that return to form. That for yeah, for me personally, I wouldn't have drafted him there. I would have if if I really wanted him, I probably try to wait. So yeah, I see, I see the point. Again, only one quarterback went after him, and then the quarterback run kind of ended. Yeah, um, until the fourth, where Aaron went in the four five. So you know. Um, again, he could pay off and, you know, maybe he's not Garbo. Maybe we were wrong, but yeah, I, I see why that's your surprise pick for sure.
1: If he's not, I'll adjust it to say he not Garbo. <laughs> you yeah.
0: know, we'll make it, a, we'll, we'll make a red con and historically change it. Yeah. um, Yeah. So for mine, um, in the, t- in, in the second and third, I love Damon's pick at the two seven with Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm a big sun God fan. Um, I, I, got him in as many as many shares of him as I can get in every format that I plan I think that with you know at least until Jared Goff stops playing in domes uh, I think that he he will just continue to eat and have an amazing target share last year he led all wide receivers into red zone targets after week nine so I just think the potential to have a top three season even for Ra is absolutely in the cards um, and so I, I re I, you know, I've seen him mocked where he goes at the, you know, bottom of the first. So getting him a two seven, pairing him with Tyreek Hill as well. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's a hell of a uh, wide receiver room. So, you know, uh, that was my favorite pick there. Any thoughts there?
1: No, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that it's funny. Me and Sean had, uh, like, Talked in like, talk to each other about how much we like Sun God, and I think that any one of us would have taken him. Like, there, you could probably like draw a line of people who would have taken them if he fell to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean like I, yeah, if Sean absolutely. would have taken him? I would have taken him if he fell to me somehow. Like, it's it, it just Sun God. He just I, I love him. I I mm-hmm. think that the bigger thing is I just want shares of the Lions offense. Yeah. Like, I, but basically any guy on the Lions offense, outside of maybe Goff but just because I, of my QB room, I probably take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, I think you, you said it there and I won't harp on this next one. My pick for, for was also Deshaun Watson at the two eight. The only thing I'll say is um, last year, Deshaun Watson had the fourth lowest big time throw rate, which I think is throws over 15 yards or in certain downs. He was only behind Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco and Daniel Jones. Um, so, and again, that's Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, guys probably far past their prime. Daniel Jones, it's not really his game. He's a chunk thrower, but for Deshaun Watson, he kind of is. That's, or at least that's who he was. He used to be a bomb guy. So, again, we'll see if he pays off. I don't want to rag on Kevin here. I give him ups later on, so it's not all ragging on you, Kevin. I promise. But um, yeah, I think that's 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 enough said on that. So we'll jump into round four or five. But right. Go ahead with your homer pick on your favorite.
1: Uh Najee. Uh I so it's funny. I I had been talking to Sean golfing like mid June that I wanted Najee this year. I don't think that he's as bad as people like to make him out to be. I don't think that he is 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 washed or hit a wall or anything. I think that Steelers fans are just Steelers fans, and if somebody's not breaking out 100-yard runs every time he touches the ball, we don't like him. Um, and I think that he's just going to feast on volume. Mike Tomlin wants to run that old ground-and-pound offense, um, and he's going to do it through Najee, whether like people believe that or not. Like Najee's not going to move off of that RB1. Mm Jalen Warren's not going to come in and steal a bajillion touches. He'll steal some. Don't get me wrong. But they're still going to use Najee for fucking, you know, there's little screen dump offs. They're going to have him run. They're going to you know, I, I, I just think that if for no other reason than volume alone, he will be good. Plus if we assume that offense, I, God, I hate this phrase, regresses to the mean of touchdowns. He will be part, like he will be a beneficiary of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'll disagree with that in a little bit when I get to my picks. But hey, like I said, this is as much as this is objective analysis. This is also just kind of our, our takes on things. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if that one pans out for sure. But I mean, as a Steelers fan, and I certainly hope you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, my, you want to read this one too, Sean? The the little note. Uh, yeah. Would well, so, you want to tell them what yeah, it is? Yeah. So, <laughs> or do you want me to read
0: it first? Because I can read it first.
1: No, no, no. My, so my surprising was the tight end run um <laughs> and it
0: reads this hurt me so i am sad about it so but right, going a little narrative there <laughs>
1: yeah. um i actually don't <sighs> this was surprising and like a, oh i wasn't expecting that way and not like a, oh this was that was a surprisingly you know what i mean
0: value um, yeah
1: um this was i was not expecting a te run in the fourth and the fifth I was not expecting to get boxed out. I didn't. I wasn't targeting Waller or anybody like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when this TE run happened, I was like, okay, all the good ones are off the board. But it just never really stopped there. Like, it never was just like, well, that's good. It's like, I was going to get Laporta. And then the next round, he goes away. It's just like, I just could not catch up to the TE run. So I end up with Jawan Johnson, who a lot of people like this year. But I would have rather had not Jawan Johnson.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Jawan ended last year with like four touchdowns in four games or something. So at the end of year, he was, you know, he was being targeted, but again, new quarterback, but same system. So we'll see. Um, I think off the backs of that for my favorite pick for rounds four and five was Nate with Darren Waller. Um, I think much like Amonara St. Brown, Darren Waller is a guy that I think just consensus everyone is up on everyone thinks he's going to have a big year because that's what Daniel Jones does. He throws the ball over the middle and Darren Waller is great at catching the ball over the middle and then yards after the catch. So um, I think that getting him there at that value made my choice for me where I don't think I take a tight end for another two, two rounds because I I'm willing to, to, to more or less drop on that position because Waller Waller's the other only guy in that group that I was willing to target at that ADP. So um, was a big fan there of Nate's pick
1: Oh yeah I mean I think that that's You know you said of Nate Oh he did take Waller didn't he mm-hmm. I apologize I'm confused Because he's also got you for his surprising Pick Nate um, <laughs> So I, I yeah, Although, so, all,
0: all the attention to Nate this 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 section
1: I, I, So here's what I'll say The consensus can't be wrong Right and the reason I say that is because I just don't get hyped about tight ends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean I, I'm God. Waller's probably a good pick. If he's good I, I once again, I will eat crow and I will you know I'll, I'll own that I was wrong, but like I just feel like guys like Taylor Lockhart or Debo or Watson, you know, Alexander Madison are all good people that you can actually count on getting value out of. When you're just kind of hoping that a tight end pans out, um, which is why I personally wasn't willing to invest in Darren, like a Darren Waller pick. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not no, saying it's you. bad. I'm saying that I it was not what I wanted out of my my fifth round pick.
0: Right. So, but it also hurt you because you were hoping to get those guys later, and then the run kind yes. of. Yes.
1: Well, I was yeah. to be clear, I was not hoping to get Darren Waller later because I expected him to get drafted early. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, To stay on the Nate train, then, with my surprising pick for for those rounds, it's Nate with Najee. Um, I, I buy a little more into the narrative, as much as maybe I shouldn't, about the preseason, that I agree that I think Jake said it, or Nate said it, at the actual draft itself, and that Mike Tomlin won't move off a guy. Like, he's so stubborn, he won't move off a guy. But Mike Tomlin also wants to win and keep his job. And at times last year, and I think... We saw that Najee either doesn't trust himself and doesn't trust that foot. Um, and maybe, again, he healed on the offseason and he's good. But in the preseason, we saw Jalen Warren look really good, and Najee was fine. Um, but I think the other thing here is like less subjective about how I feel about the player. Average ADP on the day of from ESPN for Najee Harris was 48, and Nate took him at 46. So Nate took him slightly ahead of ADP, which with a guy who has been falling, I that's why I was surprised he went where he went. And Nate Nate hummed and hawed over the pick while we were in the draft room, and I, the whole remaining draft, all he did was say that it was his least favorite pick. So I don't think he takes any shade with this one as it being the surprise pick here. But again, you know who knows what comes with Najee, but we'll find out.
1: He'll be happy to know that I had just... Got, like I was getting ready to cue Najee up for my pick because uh, I expected to get him, um, or I was hoping, I guess expected is a strong word. I was hoping to get him whenever it finally swung back around to me, but unfortunately I was so rudely cock-blocked.
0: <laughs> Nate has a habit of doing that. He did it with me in the uh, the Keeper League draft multiple times as he kept commenting on him sniping guys out of my queue. Yeah, Um, but (laughs) why don't we go ahead and jump on before we we rag on Nate too much uh, for his proper and good drafting uh, to round six and seven But why don't you and I each individually talk about our favorite guy and then we'll talk about the surprising pick
1: together, which I think will surprise nobody. Uh, So my favorite pick was Sky Moore um, and I think that there's a little bit of hindsight in this with Kelsey being out at least a game probably. I think Skymore is going to be the beneficiary of that. I also just think that Skymore is who they like the best in that that receiving room. Um, and we're getting into the 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 flyer territory anyway. That mm-hmm. I, I just like as a flyer, I like Skymore, and he was I was looking to grab him. So I like him.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think the question it's almost it's a lot like the Ravens' offense is we don't know who the guy's going to be. Um, the Ravens have a few more established like wide receivers there, um, and Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman. Um, but we don't know which of them is going to be the RB one, regardless of what the depth chart is. It's absolutely the same thing as we've noted multiple times before that Patrick Mahomes could probably get like the water boy and put him out there as wide receiver four, and he'd have like a you know top thirty wide receiver season. He doesn't need guys, but that doesn't help us from a fantasy. Right. right. Um, but Which... I, I it, it, you want to own a piece, right? You just hope you get the right piece.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, so for mine, uh favorite from that round, we'll go with Scott taking Jared Goff at 7'10". Uh, I already said why I love Jared Goff um, for much of the same reasons as why I love Amon Ross St. Brown. He, he was great last year, as you regrettably found out after dropping him week one. I do
1: talk
0: about it. Um, but – He's also, I think, I think the number is is that Go, Goff, like, I don't, I, I don't know if he can become Superman, but when he plays in a dome, and the last like seven of the eight games he plays at the end of the season are in domes. Um, so, and again, they play in the dome at home, but even their away games. So, I, I just think that the season is very well set up, as you stated, for that Detroit Lions offense to be outstanding from a fantasy perspective and I think to get Goff as your wide receiver or as your quarterback too in the 7th round It's great value for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one correction. I dropped him before week 1.
0: Ah, I'm sorry. Before week
1: <laughs> yes. 1. Yes, so I never actually <laughs> got the value of Goff.
0: <laughs> right. That's fair. Uh all right. Now, you and I both have the same surprise pick for round uh, 6 uh Think, as you said, to no one's surprise, Eddie grabbing Bryce Young at 6 1. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, how do I qualify this? I don't hate the player. I hate the position with which you drafted the player. Um, I think you could have drafted him in 12 or whatever our last round was and still got Bryce Young.
0: Um, 18, but sure.
1: 18. Okay, yes. Well, you could have drafted him in 12 and still got Bryce wrong. I was right. Um, <laughs> yeah. th- no, uh, 18. You could have got him in 18. And you would have had a better team for it. Bryce yeah. Young, yeah. I think, is probably the most poised to have a decent season after Richardson. Only because Richardson will put up fifty yards a game with his legs, you know?
0: With his legs, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that, that that is my caveat there that I don't think Bryce Young is a bad pick especially with those guys. It's all a dart throw with those like late quarterbacks anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I'm not going to piggyback on, on on much. Guys like Goff are still available, who are guys I prefer because they have a far higher floor uh, than what we know we can get out of Bryce Young because we don't know what we can get out of Bryce Young. Um, the The only other thing is that I'll say is that there's always that one pick that elicits the reaction from the room of like, what was going on? this was that pick for Eddie. So again, I think Pickens may have been one of them last year for you, where yep. people you took him in the seventh and people kind of had the same reaction. So, you know, this is all just speculation, but we can only talk about what we know right now. And that's that we don't know anything about Bryce Young and his actual NFL potential. Right. So moving on to round eight and nine boat, I, uh, you know, I spoke it into existence. Who was your favorite for that round?
1: Yeah. I, George Pickens and, um, at that point, and I'm probably wrong for this, but like anybody in these rounds is basically free. They're drop fodder anyway, probably, like low end flex. You're probably thinking about unless you're filling out your roster, right? But when you take a wide receiver in eight nine, like you're 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 taking your dart throws on some some guys that are a little bit less dart throwy than like, you know, the guys you take in this seventeenth. But I think George Picken out of every wide receiver that has yet to break out and people are hoping do is best poised to have that breakout season. Um, you know, obviously Garrett Wilson is already fucking top of the, everybody wants him. I think that Pickens is a, a fucking sneeze away from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let me put you, this, if we're talking about drafting Pickens in the second or third round next year, I, I don't know that I would be overly surprised.
0: Sure. That's oh, what yeah, I'm yeah, following. if he raises his adp that much based on this year's performance, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, yeah, for sure, so yeah i I think you're right is that he holds a for 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 the guys you're drafting in this round, he holds a lot of potential, a very high ceiling where some of these guys maybe don't have nearly that highest ceiling um so yeah, absolutely, what about uh your surprise pick
1: um yeah, so i'm gonna go with Kamara and I know that i've you know been tossing around some some ideas with scott about acquiring kamara but i just i i think that kamara is uh he's suspended for three games on the back of a really really poopy season and i don't know that his situation has changed a whole lot and i have to i don't i actually know what his adp was so it's possible that his adp he was taken within his adp band i -hmm. think that i would then disagree with the adp on on him there um, sure, I yeah. don't want a guy suspended for three seasons that didn't have for three games that didn't look great. And his situation hasn't changed coming from the guy who drafted, uh, drafted JT, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just don't. Uh, and, you know, he might be a league winner. He could come back from his thing and he just, I'm going to look like an
0: idiot and I own that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's certainly fine. Um, it looks like his consensus overall is, 64 so he's going bottom five uh but that's in a one quarterback league so it's probably about his adp okay honestly
1: yeah i mean um, that makes sense then i i don't
0: yeah.
1: i, oh, I yeah. still uh. think that my feelings align with what i told you last there is he's being drafted because of who he is and yeah not... name 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 yes. value
0: i get it yes for sure yeah, um, I think jumping over to my side of things, my favorite pick was Kevin. Uh, like I said, I told you I'd give you some love, Kevin. I I love Michael Pittman at eight eight. Um, I Pittman was top ten in routes in what? Uh, excuse me, route win rate and win rate against man coverage last year. So he is a guy who will make separation, get open. He just needs a guy who will get the ball. And last year he had Sam Ellinger and you know these no name guys. You know, uh, and Richardson has a gun. So if I think that Pittman is poised to way outperform his ADP this year, I was really hoping to target him. Probably should have taken him the round before in the seventh. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, yeah, the round before in the seventh. But I didn't um, and just hoped that he would fall to me, and he almost did. But so I'm, I'm a big fan of that pick, both for the numbers and just for purely liking the player. And uh, – but. To flip it over, uh, not to beat on Scott too much, but I was not a fan of the Michael Thomas pick. This one, I almost remove as much objectiveness as possible. I just don't think Michael Thomas sees the field this year, and if he does, I don't. I don't know how much he contributes. Um, I it was funny. We right and I were texting back and forth about potential deals in another league, and someone, um, I think, threw out the name as part of like the the negotiations. And I went on this long diatribe uh, about, like, uh, why he shouldn't do it. And he told me it was a joke, that the person didn't actually throw the name out. And I just didn't realize it in text. But that's how anti-Michael Thomas I am this year. So no offense, Scott. Hope it works out for you. But uh, not Michael Thomas is not my guy this year.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've known Sean's deep-seated hatred of Michael Thomas, so I'm just going to work him into conversations as much as I can over the next eight five months. <laughs>
0: no boy. All right. All uh, right, real quick, but right, let's just go over the last again. We're not going to cover every round, so if you just have a couple of standout selections, ideas, themes from the the bench rounds, we can kind of wrap this thing up on the on the uh, on the draft and kind of move on to week one.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect the defenses to just like fly off the board. Yep. And honestly, I should have I should have jumped on the defense train. I know we were memeing at people about it a little bit. Um, I actually think that I regret not jumping on when I when it started happening, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know because I don't there's not there's always like one or two defenses that really stand out in a year, but I there's often so little variance between what like the second ranked defense and like the 10th ranked defense does that you can, I'm a big fan of streaming defenses, which sucks in our league because of the whole, because of our waiver wire situation. But, you know, um, I I was okay to wait and which is why I did wait. We'll see if it pans out. I could be wrong. I know people were touting that they, they think that they, you know, in deals, they helped and stuff last year, which could be the case. Um, I think I had one involved with a deal I did last year, but you never know. Um, I, so, yeah, I, I agree with that one as well. Um, the only other one I had, I love Gabe Davis this year. I think he's very much in, like, a Michael Pittman role where he's a big downfield target. He was hurt from week two last year. Uh, so I think Nick taking him in the 10th I think is a great pickup.
1: Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I would add about the, the, the value of defenses in a trade I was probably wrong for it, but when somebody offered me a defense, I just counted it as functionally not adding value to the trade, uh-huh. um, or if like some like the most minimal amount possible. Do you know what I mean?
0: Sure. Yeah. Right. Um,
1: so I don't know if I agree with that. And if you offer me a defense, you're really not going to convince me ever to like, oh well, this trade is worth it because I added in the New York Jets defense, which I might drop in three weeks. You know what I mean? It's like whenever you – it's like, well, I have to drop fucking Isaiah Hodges to do this trade. So do you want him? And you're like, yeah, fuck it. Give him – you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, all right. So since there were no trades, which not unexpected uh, not before week one, let's uh, – Well, yeah, not in this league. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the actual week uh, Week one coming up here. Um, first, let us let's play a little over-under. Um, this week's over under we're going to be, I grabbed the winner, Nate, I grabbed the guy in the middle of the pack, which was Kevin. And then I grabbed Eddie, um, all guys kind of in each of the brackets from last year and just predicted their records based on what they did last year and kind of a quick overview of their teams, which we'll kind of touch on here when we do our matchup predictions and previews. Uh, but for the first one, uh, Nate's record for this year, I'm predicting 14, 14, no predicting him very middle of the pack. Um, Again, this is just kind of, we'll get into the analysis here, but Boatwright, do you take the over or the under for that one?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the over on it. Um, Not because, and I I apologize when I I insult you here, Nate, but not for, because I think your team is good, but because I think that you are a better fantasy manager than a 14-14 team. I think Mm -hmm. that you will get out ahead of that and, and. And make the moves required to be better than that. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, no, I think it makes absolute sense. Again, this is more just for fun. This isn't for any like, no. I, hey, I, I think you suck. So, yes. I, hopefully, no one takes offense. Um, but if we're gonna jump over, then uh, I'm gonna go with the under. Uh, I just, I think Nate took an interesting draft strategy this year, and I don't know if he, how he had fully like planned that to be the draft, And again, the draft comes to you and you take what you can get. So I don't know. I'm just going to take the under for, for that. And you know, just to prod Nate a little bit. Why not? It's,
1: it's funny. Someone's because, to it. It's funny because I believe that um, ESPN has him winning are yes. with their final standing and projections, which just so everybody knows, I found one today that says I'm going to win the league. So that's the one I believe.
0: Uh, <laughs> did you just go around to sites and plug in all of our teams until found one that said yeah
1: went? yeah absolutely that's okay. what that's what
0: i did <laughs> all right, fair enough fair enough uh next up for kevin i put i had kevin uh finishing as a 13 and 15 i believe that's about where he finished his team last year um do you take the over or the under on thirteen fifteen? no
1: um i'm gonna go with the under here um, I'm just like looking across his team and I think that he's got a lot of talent there, but I think that there's a few players that are really going to hurt him. Um, Watson, uh, Pitts and probably Evans are my go-to. Like, I, I really think that those guys were projected higher than they should have went. Um, oh. and I think that that's going to really kind of hurt you long-term.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the over. Um, I think it's merely because I think he has enough to balance out some of that mitigation, like that, that loss you're talking about with other guys that I think that he probably creeps into that low end of the playoffs sort of deal. Maybe that 14 and 14 or 16 and, uh, um, you know, you know, one of those kind of records where he could get into the playoffs based on, on what's, you know, what's available to him like 16 and 12. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. Lastly, we're we're gonna go with Eddie. Um uh we ragged on him earlier, but maybe maybe we'll redeem ourselves. I I bumped him up uh I know last year, I think finished a little lower than this, but I'm gonna put the over under at 15, and one because I'm why not, fuck it, throwing the tie. Um <laughs> so do you take the over or the under on Eddie's record for the year?
1: That's a really hard one to take the under on, Sean. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the under.
0: I'm gonna take the under.
1: Yeah, and I really do think that Bryce Young and Sky Moore, two guys I like, are gonna hurt you. The reason mm. being you don't have any guarantee that either of them are gonna pan out at all. And it's mm. not like that they're it's not like it's like uh DJ Moore, who we have a good idea who what he is, and he could just fail to meet that. These are just mm-hmm. guys that we just like we don't know. Sky yeah. Moore could be the number one target in Kansas City, Sky Moore could be the number one target for a half a game in Kansas. We just don't fucking know. And when you're starting a yeah. guy like that, that makes me nervous, you know?
0: Right. So you might like the value you got the pick at, but yeah, at the end of the day, do we know? Yes. Uh, right. We don't know anything.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, um, I'm going to take the over, I think, just because. I don't know if – like, when I wrote this, I wanted to initially make this a higher record, but I'm like, that doesn't – that's no different than anyone else's. Um, I I just – I don't know if he can have that much bad luck again. And maybe that's me jinxing him, and if it is, Eddie, you can blame me for the bad season. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I'm going to take the over in hopes that at least he's at least hopeful to get a playoff spot. If not actually in one, then, you know – being it'll be locked by week like 12 which i think is where he was last year unfortunately so
1: yeah i think the important thing to remember is eddie declared during the draft that me and him are rivals so i have to just assume he's gonna do bad week.
0: that's also very true you absolutely have to brag on him for the rest of the season because yeah. of that yeah um all right let's actually get into the matchup previews then uh for the week so uh for the first week um the first matchup we're going to take a look at is myself, which is Norman Bates, against Dracula, which is Nick. Um, so, but right, taking a look kind of at the lineups here, who do you got this week in the head-to-head?
1: Um, it's tough. I mean, I think that you both have solid rosters that are hurt or going to be not – great this week is what i'm trying to say yeah um i think i think i'm gonna go with nick um if for only because his best wide receiver is not out the wide receiver that's questionable is scary terry who is good Mm -hmm. but he's not it's not like it's you know tyler lockett going out which i guess is not I guess they're interchangeable, but you get what I'm saying, right? When your guy that mm-hmm. is out is Cooper Cup, that hurts you a lot more than like him not might maybe can't play Scary Terry, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they they actually officially announced like 20 minutes ago that Cooper Cup's out.
1: Yeah. I actually it's saw fun. it on the app when I was looking at your teams. I think the thing that oh, okay. might hurt him is Bijan. If Bijan doesn't play up to standard in his first NFL game, that's going to be a real kick mm-hmm. in the kicking the knees
0: for him. Yeah. I th- yeah I think it'll be close, but I, I think I agree with you. I think I give the nod to Nick. Um, the only way I pull it out is if my big guys, if Hertz and Pollard and Daniel Jones, to a lesser extent, kind of pop off. Like if they all have their pop-off games in week one, maybe defenses don't really know what they're doing yet. That's really my only hope. But I think, you know, I'm hoping I at least get over whatever the league meeting is, but yeah, I think in the head-to-head, I think I'll give a nod to, to Nick here. To, to, um, to be clear, I think that there's a good chance that happens, though. Like, yeah. you expect guys like
1: Hertz to, to, you know, pop off. Tony Pollard, who's going to be fresh. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility,
0: you know? Sure. Yeah, we'll see. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got Morgoth, which is JC versus Mr. Bateman, uh, which is Eddie. Um, looking ahead to this week. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I don't know. I I both like their wide receiver ones and JC has Allen her and Eddie has Herbert, but I'm not a fan of their wide receiver twos. I think I'm actually I'm 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 a little iffy on both of their wide receiver or I'm sorry, their running back rooms, but I think that Eddie has the better wide receiving room. Um so and, and you know Uh, It's a toss-up, but I like Christian Kirk better than any you know out of all of the flex guys. So I think I lean, I think I lean Eddie here on this week.
1: Yeah, I think that I agree. If for no other reason that um, I do think Sky Moore is going to get a bump this week because of the uncertainty surrounding Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I think that I like Herbert better than I like. uh, I guess this is kind of a no shit, but um, Russell Wilson I just don't like at all, and so I, I just I think that he's got. A couple key pieces that are going to push him over the edge into the win, for sure, Eddie. That is,
0: uh, yeah. Um, All right, moving on to the next matchup this is his cocaine bear, which is Jake versus Pinhead Scott. Uh, pinhead, which is Scott Scott. You're not a pinhead. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll
0: have to refrain from doing that for the rest of the season. Um, So, for this one, Boatwright, looking at the projections and looking at the team composition, who you who you favoring? <sighs> It's got to be Scott. Yeah, I think so. Uh,
1: big big reason for that is Dan Campbell came out this week and said that Yamir Gibbs is going to be uh, managed into his first kind of few weeks of the NFL. Because um, mm. it's a long season, and I think that that's going to really, really, really hurt you. Plus, Kelsey, we don't even know if he's going to see the field.
0: Yep, we're still waiting for the answer. And he's questionable as of... Earlier And we'll, we'll touch on that in the, in the news section. But yeah, I think I'm with you as well. Um, I think Scott, I just really strong, really high floor across the board with most guys other than Michael Thomas. But we'll, uh, for me anyways, but we'll see. So, but yeah, I think, I think I give Scott the nod this week as well. Um, next matchup, that's going to be uh, Gus Fring, which is Kyron against the Bay Harbor Butchers, which is Nate. Uh, I think Nate was pining for this matchup, which is why he shifted the schedule last minute. Not really, just we found out it repeated from last year, so we wanted to change things up. But um, that all being the same, he won, wants to, looking forward to playing Kyron. Uh, I think he, he, that's where, you know, he, he likes his rivalry matchup just as anything. And I think he sees, you know, Kyron sees everyone as a rival, at least in chat anyways. So I think Nate was willing to take him on week one. Who you, who you giving the nod to?
1: Um, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be Nate. I
0: don't,
1: I don't, I think that Kyron has a good roster here. Eckler could be good. Pickett could be good. Rogers could be good, but notice I'm saying could be good a lot compared to Nate where I'm going to say, uh, cousins is good. Derrick Henry is good. Jamar chase and Garrett Wilson is good. You know, Mm -hmm. So, I, I've, yeah, a
0: lot, a lot higher floor on Nate's side. Yes. I think in terms of like the team composition that he made up. Um, not as much variance, which is not what I expect out of Nate. A lot of the times I think Nate likes the high variance guys, but that's just my own personal thoughts. But yeah, I think he's got a lot of like really nice floor here that he can at least always hit the league median. Um, you know, except for those weird weeks where people pop off. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I think this one might be closer because some of, Kyron's guys will pop off. Yes. Um, and will have weeks like that, but I, I think I still think I give a slight nod to Nate here.
1: Yes, definitely agree.
0: Yeah. Uh next matchup, uh, second to last is Negan, which is Damon, against Razor Ramon, which could be the Gremlins by the end of the week, who knows? Uh, which is Kevin. Um, who do you prefer here? Whose team, whose team do you think edges it in week one here?
1: It's got to be Damon. Yeah. I think so. It's – he's playing – I'm sorry. He's playing Kevin. Yeah. I
0: mm-hmm. think it's got to be Damon. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I love Damon's wide receiver room. Like he – like I said earlier, I think he has the strongest wide receiver room. Tyreek Hill, Ross, St. Brown, Ridley, and Keenan Allen. Um, I think – I think I'm going to go with the upset here. I think I agree with you that I think on paper the stronger team is Damon. I just think maybe some of Kevin's more reliable guys, yeah, maybe just somehow pull him out in a low-scoring like 141 to 139 game, where you know some of his guys, uh, some of Damon's guys, maybe just put up lower scores just because it's week one and things happen. So, well,
1: I, here, here's I think, the thing.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Kevin.
1: Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Everybody sits here and says Damon has the best wide receiver room, and he probably does mm-hmm. on paper. But there's yeah. there's real world where Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen just aren't who we think they're going to be. Do you know what I mean? Oh, of course. And then yeah, suddenly that's question. not. And what I mean by that is it's higher than once again. Like these guys are people that people assume are going to be good and come back strong. But Keenan Allen's what like thirty something now.
0: Definitely, yeah. He's—I don't know the exact age, but he's definitely on like the 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 other side of his career. And we've seen him have injury issues. He missed, I think, seven games last year. Yep. Um, so he has injury issues.
1: And Calvin Ridley sure. hasn't played um, meaningful football in what two years now? A year in some changes Two years, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. On paper, as of you know, using all the expert predictions and whatnot, um, he looks at, but yeah, there's a there's a world definitely which you know Damon doesn't want. Um, and unless I'm competing with them in the playoffs, I don't necessarily want either, but, um, where, yeah, he only is like two viable starting wide receivers because the other guys aren't there. So yeah, I, I, that's why I think maybe I'm just going to lean Kevin. Yep. And last but not least, boat, right. Let's do your matchup. Uh, you're taking the two new guys. So you're going to welcome the new guy into the league with, with max, um, uh, going up, uh, the hash sling slasher, uh, against you, which is, which is Babyface. Uh, I'll, I'll actually go first, and I'll let you, you wrap up your thoughts on your own predictions this week. Um, you know what? I, Max has a, another great floor team, I think. Guys who I don't expect to pop off, but I can rely on to put up numbers. I just think that between your, running or your, your QB room and your wide receiver room, I think you just edge it. This is another one that might be closer than we think, um, but I think I'm going to give you the nod here for this one
1: yeah I uh <clears throat> I don't like being predicted to win because that's when I started losing last year. Um, <laughs> and I, I agree with you. I, I really like Max's team um, mm-hmm. more than I would like to for my week one <laughs> my week one start. I just think that he's got a couple guys that are not necessarily who I like right. I don't really like London. Um, mm-hmm. I worry about his production. Um, I, you know, and, and and I think that that those type of guys are just going to give me that little bit of, of push that I need to, I I do think it's going to be tight. I think it's maybe a three or four point game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, for sure.
1: So I, I, I do think this goes either way. I do think I'm going to pick myself because I'll give myself the tiebreaker because it's me. You know what I mean?
0: Um, yeah, no, I absolutely, I hear you. And the other thing is, and we'll touch on this in the news, but also, uh, Watson may not even be playing either, which may swing this even further. Right. Um, but we'll touch on that in a minute or two. Um, all right. But that's it for the predictions for week one. Um, let's move down to a quick risers and fallers section. We'll do some news and then we'll send this thing home. Um, so this is looking at the risers and fallers now post draft time coming into the starting season with, you know, full 53 man rosters and kind of depth charts announced. So, Uh, and all the the latest updates. So I'll start it off with my first riser, a guy who I'm really big on. I thought about putting him into my um, draft section just because of where he went in the draft. Uh, Raheem the Dream Mostert is my first riser. I think that, yeah, he's been rising, obviously, because of the announcement to the injury with Jeff Wilson Jr. And we're not sure entirely the health of David A. Chain. Uh, or Devonne Chain, but I still think it, it always infuriates me when I think a talented back gets thrown into a multi-headed monster, and I think that's what we have here with Raheem Mostert. So that's why he's my first riser. You have any thoughts? Um,
1: I like Raheem Mostert. I think he's mm-hmm. fast. I think if he stays healthy, he'll be a, a big threat. Um, I just don't. I don't know how much I like him for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is in that multi-headed monster that is the Miami, mm-hmm. but there's yeah, also agree. a world where I want him because I've got Devon, a chain and it would just be nice to, you know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this guy is really what it comes down to for me.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Who's your first, uh, riser for the season have for, to, uh, going into week one.
1: Sorry. I have to scroll down. I got Jacobs, and (laughs) I think this is kind of like a no shit. He got his contract, and he's playing. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I mean, it's obvious, and that's why my first follower is Amir White, (laughs) who is the backup to Josh Jacobs, (laughs) and who was being drafted as like that low key. Well, if if Jacobs doesn't play, someone's got to carry the ball, sort of deal. But I think his value is now tumbled into basically off benches unless you want the handcuff. Um, So that's why I have him down as my first follower for. For the for the week one, how about you? Who do you have in your follower? Stafford. (sighs) Um, yeah. How far he
1: has fallen. You know, there was a time where he was an early pick, and now he's he's actually in our waiver wire. So if if you come away from this, you'd be like, I like Stafford. Well, he's free. He's he cleared waivers. You could just go get him if you want. So, mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, I think just the concerns with his health um, and. and that their line is Swiss cheese. Like, I don't, I don't know that, um, I don't know that it's necessarily surprising. It's just how quickly from you know Super Bowl champion to you know waiver wire pickup he became. Yeah, I mean he <laughs> for sure
1: fell from grace. Uh,
0: moving to my second risers, um, I'm gonna do a double here. It's Dion Jackson and Evan Hall, the two backup running backs in Indianapolis, for the simple reason that you know again th- this is a no brainer. JT's not playing at least not for the first four games. And who knows for longer, who knows how long that back is tweaked again, we support JT on this podcast, get your money. Um, but you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, but those guys, someone, again, someone's got to carry the football. Someone will have to catch screens out of the backfield from Anthony Richardson. So, and be a decoy when he runs it in on the one yard line. So yeah, I, that's why I see those guys moving up draft boards. What about your number two?
1: Uh, Damian Pierce from Houston, Mm -hmm. the dude was just good. Like he just looked good in preseason, right? Um, Concerns Mm -hmm. with him were always were like, he doesn't catch a football. He doesn't, you know what I mean? He's not your typical like fantasy stud back, but he -hmm. runs hard. He's good at running. Um, He had a good showing in preseason. I think people just like him more this year.
0: Yeah, I think the the numbers that I saw on the usage report for him in the preseason were like 86% snap rate, A you know, he was used on 34%, that's either targets or um, um, handing the ball off them, and he was out there with the entire first team package for every play, like all three downs almost the entire time. So I, I think that they are going to lean, as much as Devin Singletary could threaten him in a way, I... As a guy who owned David Singletary last year as a starter for a high-octane offense, he started out good, but I, I don't think he has much left in the tank. So I think this is Damian Pierce's backfield, you know, for now and always. But So I agree with you there. The
1: both of you to assume um, that Houston has a high-powered offense.
0: <laughs> that That's fair. Um, but, you know. I'm just saying yes. in an ideal situation, yes. he wasn't able to perform. And I don't think that that's less than, I don't think that that changes moving from Buffalo to uh, the Houston. That's any, and it's an ideal situation in terms of the quality of offense. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. I get it. Um, for my second faller, I hate to do this. This is a self-report uh, of my own guy, but Cooper cup, like I said, today it was officially announced that he is going to miss game one. The report is somewhere between three to four games, which is, Hurts me on the inside, but, you know, I got to weather the storm here. But clearly, probably should have gone with somebody else, but I didn't. So we'll ride. Let's ride. Uh, let's wrestle Wilson. it. Let's ride. Uh, we'll see if we make it, but he is definitely someone moving down draft boards. Um, but all right, who's your third faller? My second just, faller? Just to throw uh, it out oh,
1: they oh, it, it do have cup. Huh. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. Apologies. Well, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's fallen because he's
0: hurt yeah that's pretty much it
1: i mean i think the thing that's Um, interesting is you got him where consensus was but he had been falling the whole preseason from basically mm -hmm. like the second that he got hurt um Mm -hmm. i think you took him right on target it just was interesting watching his like fall from grace you know
0: right yeah and that was the argument because i didn't even expect him to be there at the bottom of two and i'm like I had to weigh it, and I sat there, and I think I used, like, the full two-minute clock on my second pick, and I eventually just put, bit the bullet. So, again, it's it's the least favorite pick I made, but we'll see where it pans out in the end. Here's
1: the thing, and um, I, I, don't, I don't want to get stuck on this too much so we can keep things moving. Cooper Cup last year was on pace to be wide receiver one before he got oh hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it wasn't mm-hmm. close. Like, to be clear, J.J. was wide receiver one because Cooper Cup got hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right, like, and it was a mon- monumental season, and so yeah, it, 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 the talent's there. Right. It's just can he stay healthy?
1: Right, if yeah. he is healthy, you will be happy you have him.
0: Yep. Yeah. You know? so come on, some kind of miracle. I'm hoping for. Give him your thigh. Right. Uh, yeah, or your hamstring, <laughs> right.
1: or whatever. It can we is. do a
0: thigh replacement? Is that so? I'll give him mine. I really, I don't, I don't run that much. I don't need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yours will heal. You can, it can heal in you. Yeah, I, I sit here and do podcasts. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, all right. My last riser is Tyler Higby. And I think this is right off the back of the Cooper cup news. I've, I've always been a fan of Tyler Higby for the season. I think that again, when you don't have a good line and you don't have time in the pocket, a great tight end to have as an outlet is always a good thing. And I think Tyler Higby has proven to at least be reliable. So if you can get the targets and steal some of that target that, that, you know, that juicy Cooper cup target share, Uh, I think that he may creep up towards a top 10 finish as a wide, as a tight end, which, you know, maybe not necessarily mean anything, but for the value, you're probably drafting. Higby at, you're perfectly fine with that, which is why I see him kind of slowly starting to make his way up draft boards.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think that the problem is, and I don't, I don't want to rag too much on the tight end position group is it's hard for me to get excited about any of them besides Kelsey or Andrews, basically like, it's like, oh, Higby will put up 11 points instead of 10, and that'll put him in the top 10 tight end. It's like, oh, yay, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, I hear you.
1: Um,
0: so, who's uh, your third red and final riser there? Bro? My
1: third and final riser is Tank Bigsby. Um, the Tank? Yeah, I think a, a lot like the, the the Damian Pierce pick, his usage in preseason indicated more than what people thought his usage was was going to be. Um, leading into the season is really what it comes down
0: to. Yeah, I think he saw something like almost thirty percent of u- like usage or utilization, and on somewhere close to like twenty percent of like tar- of like opportunity where he was touches and or yeah. targets. So yeah, he's a guy who I think will steal a lot of the third down work from Travis Etienne, and has really depressed Travis Etienne's ADP. Um, but definitely a guy who could fit in as a flex play, um, you know, especially in PPR league. So it's, it's, yeah, it's funny though,
1: because those are the guys that I have the most trouble deciding if I want to play. Like let's use an, ex-
0: mm-hmm.
1: an example of a guy on my team, Jarek McKinnon, the dude gets, he's like their goal line. Look, right. He's their mm-hmm. cat pass catching back, which is what they like to do. He yep. probably could be started this week in a flex position. I just don't, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm worried, you know, do I start him or do I start Brandon Cooks? I don't know, you know, and it's these type of guys that I have and probably why they're less popular that you just don't know who to start there.
0: Yeah, I hear you. You're
1: you're really. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of the rub
0: of like playing guys in flex, right? Right. Like who, who is the start? Right.
1: Why can't it be easy? For sure.
0: I get it. Uh, last faller I mentioned because I'll, so I'll 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 give you back some of that tight end hate. Uh, the last faller I have is Tyler Conklin. Thank you. Um, I think prior to like preseason, even the start of preseason, because of the arrival of Aaron Rodgers, he had kind of been that like, oh, he's a sneaky sleeper pick. But we've seen that he's basically split time with um, the other tight end whose name is a uh, uh, is a former Cincinnati tight end whose name is escaping me, but. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: Is it Uh, Uzama? Uzama. That's who it was. It
0: was Uzama. He's basically split time with him on the field. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, I think that's kind of just killed or dashed any hopes that with the starters, he's going to be the primary tight end. So, figure to throw him in here as my last uh, follower section.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. I I I also don't think that Aaron Rodgers is known for his tight end usage either. Um. Mm -hmm. So I I just think he's in a bad situation. Um. Not. A real life bad situation but a fantasy because that's all we care about yeah. we don't care about his real life <laughs> that is all we care about yeah it's <laughs> like whatever if he's a good blocker yeah. <laughs> I don't get points for blocking you do not <laughs> um,
0: I'm sure there's a league where it exists but not in this one yep all right but right who's uh your number two but your actual last faller before we jump yeah. into news
1: yeah my last faller is jt and i think that this one is just kind of like no shit once again he's hurt we don't know if he's gonna play um mm. i will say that i like where i got him i feel like he was i'm not i didn't pay too much and if he plays i'll be really happy that i got jt i think i took him in the seventh i think i took mm. him at the six seven turn um which for me is just really like if he plays and he plays even partially good, I'll be real happy that I have him, you know?
0: Sure. So. Yeah, yeah no, I'm with you. I think, I think it's just, well, we just don't know what we're going to get out of him. And if he ends his out slash, you know, that his back heals up. So that one, I think only time will tell. Yes. All right. Real quick. Let's go over some fantasy football news. But right. Why don't you start us off with the big one for the week? Uh, we've kind of alluded to it a couple of times, but uh why don't you start so kick it off so good news
1: bad news for kelsey owners here uh kelsey has a bone bruise which is unfortunate because game one of the season there are no reason to rush him back i wouldn't be shocked if he didn't play good news he didn't tear his acl or require surgery for a hyperextended knee and bone bruises yeah. i was reading um have no significant or noticeable like con- injury concerns. There's, it's not like the bone is weakened or the ACL is weakened. All they have to worry about is pain management, which, as we all know, uh, NFL teams have great narcotics. So yeah. he, right. he should be okay.
0: Yeah, he may miss week one, like you said, because there's there's still swelling, there is pain, they have to manage it. But yeah, it definitely dodged the worst bullet, anyways. Um. So, and even the like intermediate Jake, right? Jake, the one who took him in our league. Yeah,
1: even the intermediate news yeah. of like, ah, he's out for three weeks, which while not yeah. horrible, would still be miserable. You know,
0: right? Yeah. So, uh, next report we saw the double whammy for Green Bay as both Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, who's probably the more important of the two, is wide receiver one, were on the injury report um, and did not practice today. Um, so I don't think they've disclosed there's injuries yet because the official injury report isn't out until the end of the day. Uh, and at least I hadn't seen it yet before, uh, we went live, but, um, yeah, he is going to be, we don't know what that means for week one, but they could be down their first two receivers going into, into week one in green Bay.
1: Yeah. Next one. Uh, sorry, my brain just went completely blank. Um, sorry. I think the important thing to remember, if I can just add, is uh, we don't even know if they're going to be out yet. They could play. They could have just had like a minor injury and yeah. they took the day off. So, no, no reason to panic. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know.
0: Well, at least I, Dobbs it wasn't in pads. Christian, I think, did warm up and did drills. He just was doing individual, but Dobbs wasn't even in pads. So, I think there's probably, if there's concern for any of them, there's concern for Dobbs.
1: Okay. Which is probably the better news for Green Bay and Christian, yeah. Wat- <laughs> or, yeah, Christian Watson owners. Um, yeah. So, and Rappaport, uh, Joshua Dobbs is set to be the Week One starter for the Cardinals against the Washington Commanders. Um, I, I think we actually announced last week that Dobbs was going to be the starter. Um, turns out that that wasn't necessarily the case. They they had not officially named one, but it looks like they. did. Yeah, their head
0: coach was being very cagey about saying and announcing oh. who the starter be. And I saw the quote today was the players know, and I'm like, all right, dude.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> You're going to be a did historically you see the bad that he team. Did? What's up?
0: Did you see the the in the in locker room speech that he did, or the in in whatever their like meeting room is that he did, where he's like, "I want to find killers." Yeah, it was bad. It hurt me. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm I'm less and less confident that that team can even put together an NFL performance, but we'll see. Because it looks like it'll be Joshua Dobbs who's at least a professional NFL quarterback.
1: <laughs> he is. He is a professional NFL quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. astronaut. He's also a rocket scientist. So.
0: That's right. I forgot. That's what his degree is. yes, yeah. he is
1: the pastronaut. <laughs> and it's my favorite name yeah. for, for an NFL player besides thickest kickus of Steelers fame. So. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, uh, why don't you keep
0: it rolling at the next one? Yeah. Right?
1: So bad news for Steelers fans. Nick Bosa signed a deal five years, 170 million, 122.5 million guaranteed. Uh, fuck that guy. He could have waited.
0: He could have waited one week. Yeah.
1: No, fuck that guy. Um, all joking aside, it's always good to see pay- players get play- paid, even if I'm not a big fan of the Bosa family. I think they're all kind of dickheads, But because uh, I personally know them. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs>
0: That was the running gag that if you didn't like drafting a guy, it's because you personally had a problem with him yeah. in the draft room. Yeah, yeah. At least Jake and Nate both made the comments. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, no, I. You know all NFL players personally. Yeah.
1: Um, so th- he will be playing against the Steelers.
0: Yep, yeah, he will be. I think it's a highest um,
1: played uh defensive player
0: too. Mm-hmm. Yep. I believe that that does make him. Um but yeah, so like I said, it has minor fantasy impact because now you might you're you're you feel more confident with the 49ers defense throughout the year if they've got Bosa pack, but um and then last news, kind of weird news, kind of sober news, but just I actually felt it was important just because of the name involved. Um, it was reported today that former Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Williams, not current Chargers wide receiver, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver, had actually passed away um, uh, an accident on a construction site. So he played from 2010 to 2016. I it was the right thing to just kind of mentioning here, not that our remembrance means anything, but also just so there isn't any confusion on who this was, um, considering the name involved. But, uh, you know, best of prayers and wishes to, to him and his family, unfortunately.
1: I think that is everything that we have to talk about today. Um,
0: I believe it is. Which is an abrupt uh, so end I for a that, note, but <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I like I said, I think it was just yeah, pay homage to a guy who who played the sport at a level that you and I can only dream about. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I think if I could add one more final thing for this whole whole podcast, I know that we we've said it a few times. When we when we talk about picks, when we talk about your players, we when we talk about your moves, we are not it is not meant to call you out or Anything specifically, it is purely just like our take on the fantasy landscape of the best player wins, fantasy football redraft league. Um, you all are, you know, good managers. I traded Kelsey away for a song and a dance. Sean traded Jalen Hurts for a bunch of washed players. We all make boneheaded moves. So please never Ooh. take anything we say personally. Uh, it's just our read on the landscape
0: at the time. Yeah. Just because we're the two guys with the microphone. Which, actually, we're happy to change. The sign-up sheet's still open. You guys can always sign up to guest host. Um, um, but, yeah, just because we're the guys with the microphones, we that's it, just, like I said, for everything. It's just for fun. We play the game for fun. We're doing this for fun. Yep. So don't not trade with me because I don't like your pick. But uh, I still don't like your pick. I still don't like Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> uh on that note then i think uh good luck to everyone um hope you know again the other important thing is remember this is just a base this we know how much trading gets done in this league but not that you guys need any prompting but this is just a starting point none of these teams will look the same by the time we get to week 14 or, or even into the playoffs so best of luck to everybody and i think that that's uh, all i gotta say but right
1: i think that's everything i think we don't have a guest next week the following week we do have a guest though
0: For now, thanks so much.